2020 is officially over. The year the world shut down is done. Hallelujah. Vaccines are here. It's 2021, and we can all breathe a sigh of relief. But the pandemic isn't over. Right now, as I speak, there are ICUs reaching their capacity and more people dying of COVID than ever before. The grief isn't over. For those of you who have lost loved ones this last year, our hearts and prayers are with you. The pain isn't over. Businesses are struggling to stay open. Families don't know how long they can stay in their homes. Will 2021 be any different? In William Shakespeare's classic, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet asks her lover, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. She's implying that names shouldn't matter, that they don't determine our destinies. Yes, she is a Capulet and he is a Montague. Their families are feuding, but these labels don't change reality. Yet, at the end of the play, these two star-crossed lovers are tragically both no more. It turns out that names matter a lot. During Advent, we were in a series called Deep Waiting with the prophet Isaiah. And I invite you to go back to Isaiah with me one more time. There's a lot in this book. In fact, several of our Saturday morning Bible studies, we call them Sabbath schools, are going to be in Isaiah January, February, and March. If you haven't found a Zoom class to join, they would love to have you. If you have a Bible near you, I want to invite you to turn or scroll with me to Isaiah chapter 62. Here's a reminder of the background. 587 years before Jesus was born, the city of Jerusalem was destroyed, burned to the ground, most of its leaders executed or exiled. Scholars say its population went from about 250,000 to 20,000. King Cyrus allowed some exiles to return home, but, but only a few did. And they went home to ruins. The city walls were breached and broken. The temple looted and wrecked. The palace was a burned out hulk. And it wasn't just the physical damage that needed repair, but the psychological damage too. In Isaiah 56 verse 10, the prophet cries out against Jerusalem's leaders. The lookouts are blind. They all lack sense. They're all mute dogs that cannot bark, dreamers, loungers, loving to sleep. The leaders have allowed the truth to fall silent. Isaiah 59 verse 14, justice is pushed aside. Righteousness stands far off because truth has stumbled in the public square and honesty cannot enter. This sounds so much like where we find ourselves today. It's hard to know what to believe or who to trust anymore. 
You won't want to miss the next few weeks at church because we're going to be listening to some friends talk about what it means to know truth. I'm looking forward to it. It's into this broken down world that the prophet speaks a new reality. Isaiah 62, verse 2. Nations will see your righteousness, all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name, which the Lord's own mouth will determine. God is giving Jerusalem a new name. Giving someone a name is quite the responsibility. It was only after we had our first child that I wondered for the first time, is it really legal for parents to give their children any name they want? My husband grew up with a girl in his class named Candy. Her last name was Kane. Candy Kane. That, friends, should not be legal. Mike and I spent hours talking about names when I was pregnant with Eleanor. When it came time for Eleanor's baby dedication, Mike wrote a poem, and here are just a few of the lines. Speaking of the name Eleanor, he writes, we liked the meaning we're not sure it means. Will you be strong to set up kings, lift up the lowly, unite the nations? Speaking of her nickname, Nellie, before that we nicknamed you for the grandmother we never knew but wanted to see home. His great-grandmother was named Nellie, and there's a song called Seeing Nellie Home that we both liked. The poem goes on, before that, we named you for the grandfather we do know because we did not know who you would be. Mike and I chose to wait and be surprised about the gender of the baby. I thought for sure she was going to be a boy, and yet when she came out, it was a girl, and I was delighted. But if she had been a boy, she would have been Eric, named after my grandfather. And now we have Eric as well. Mike ends the poem like this. Should we baptize you, baby? Should we immerse you in a story, a way, a world before you have a voice? Can we do otherwise? Father Abraham said it. We cannot dedicate, cannot consecrate, cannot choose your path, know your heart, live your life. Yet, we gave you a name. We give you this start to finish. Mike was wrestling with what it means to give someone a name. A name expresses an identity. It, it sets you along a path, a path to a particular destiny. In 2021, I mean, sorry, in 2020, I developed the habit of taking an early morning walk with Eleanor and Eric. On these walks, we've met more neighbors than we ever knew before. There's Mr. David with his three dogs, Max, Sophia, and Giovanni. Mr. Muhammad, who walks fast and raises chickens. Mr. Gregory, who noticed Nellie likes eating apples on our walks and started leaving bags of apples for us at our front door. Miss Natalia, who asked us to wait one day and came out for two toys for Eleanor. One day, we passed someone, and Nellie asked, as she characteristically does, what's her name? It was too late to ask them. So finding, feeling myself as somewhat 
bad parent for not asking their name earlier, I simply said, I don't know. And she responded very determinedly, we must give her a name. At two, like her ancient ancestor Adam, she understands that in order to know someone, you have to give them a name. God is giving a new name to Jerusalem. Isaiah 62 verse 4, you will no longer be called abandoned. The prophet's original listeners would have recognized this no longer be called formula. In Genesis, God says, you will no longer be called Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, the father of many nations. This was ironic as at the time, Abram was 99 years old and only the father of one son, which had come from his wife's slave. But then God says his wife would no longer be called Sarai or princess, but Sarah, the mother of nations. She was 90 and childless. She laughed that God brought the new name into reality. And Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, which means laughter. Isaac had twins, Esau and Jacob. Jacob meant heel grasper, named for how he came out of the womb, grabbing for his firstborn brother's status and blessing. His surplanting or his heel grabbing landed him far away from home after running away from Esau's blessing. And when he returns home, he's scared to death of Esau. He finds himself wrestling with an unknown man. The man asks, what's your name? And then he says, you will no longer be called, you will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God. Each time there is a no longer be called, there is a new name and a renewal of God's covenant promises. Jerusalem would no longer be called abandoned. Right here, I'm holding in my hands my notes from the sermon I preached on January 4, 2020. I spoke of a growing loneliness epidemic. I encouraged us to look around at who sits closest to us in the pews and learn the people's names around us. I said that we were going to have a new directory and encouraged us to sign up for the directory, which we do have, and it is online. If you forgot how to access it, you can go to lasierra.com slash directory, and you can still sign up for that. And there's a lot of beautiful faces there where you can learn their names. I encouraged us to invite people home for lunch. I emphasized how God showed up in person, in Jesus, in the flesh, and I said, quote, there are things you can know about people and ways you can express love to them that require being in person. I said, quote, if you would like to see God in a new way this year, I challenge you to take a step towards experiencing, experiencing church as an opportunity to practice loving one another. Take a step towards experiencing church as an opportunity to practice loving one another. I said that this would be an epiphany, a new revelation of who God is. A loneliness epidemic? That was before the pandemic hit, and in-person church was no longer advisable. But God is faithful, and we have seen God in new ways this year. 
I've seen God through the faces of our healthcare workers, bravely battling on the front lines, exhausted, but continuing to care for people. I've seen God through our teachers, figuring out distance learning, coming to where the students are at through the virtual method and finding a way to help them understand. And then bravely returning in, in some cases to in-person and uh, wearing masks and finding ways to connect with the students. I've seen God's face through our Instacart drivers and our mail carriers who are Santa's sleigh this Christmas season. Our parents who somehow have made it through without having the childcare or the school or the setup that we've been used to. I've seen God's face in 2020 in surprising ways. Perhaps in 2020, you felt forgotten though. The prophet says Jerusalem would no longer be called abandoned. The prophet says no longer. He says, quote, and your land will no longer be called deserted in verse four. The word here is desolate, a desert, a wasteland, a place nothing new can grow, where new, no new life is possible. That's where we, we have the word desert from the word deserted, place without life. Perhaps this year, 2020, or last year, 2020, perhaps you, you weren't the one baking all the sourdough bread. Perhaps you felt a lack of vitality and creativity last year, an ability to produce anything of value or to, to bring forth anything new. What negative names have you carried into this year? What names were you called last year or what names did you call yourself? Perhaps worthless, a liar, stupid, loser, unlovable, too much, not enough, hopeless, a failure. Isaiah 62 verse 4 says, Instead, you will be called, My delight is in her, and your land married because the Lord delights in you. Your land will be cared for once again. Verse 5 says, as a young man marries a young woman, so your sons will marry you. With the joy of a bridegroom because of his bride, so your God will rejoice because of you. Suddenly in Isaiah 62, we find ourselves in the midst of a wedding. Jerusalem is the bride, and this is a royal wedding. The bride is dressed in righteousness and salvation from verse 1. Nations and all kings are the wedding guests, verse 2. The bride is compared to a crown in verse 3. One historian says that crowns were worn by both bride and groom at Jewish weddings until AD 70. In 2011, I stayed up till the wee hours of the morning watching Prince William and Kate get married. And when Mike and I got married in 2016 in this very sanctuary, we patterned our ceremony after their high church Anglican one. We felt like royalty that day. And I felt delighted in. Mike wanted to wait to first see me when I was walking down the aisle. He didn't want to take pictures beforehand. He, he wanted that moment of delight. 
He preferred I wear as little makeup as possible because when he saw me, he wanted to see me as I am. He wanted me to look like myself. I'm so glad I married a man who wants me to look like me. With our wedding came a name change. Now, I very much respect and, and I'm grateful for all the women today who are choosing to keep your names after you get married. I thought about that. I think that's fantastic. And I'm sure Mike hopes Eleanor will decide to keep the Orlich name. But I wanted to change mine because I wanted to be easily identified as belonging with that man and those kids. With Jerusalem's marriage comes new names. At the end of Isaiah 62, verse 12, it says, They will be called the holy people, redeemed by the Lord, and you will be called sought after, a city that is not abandoned. What new names do you want to define you in 2021? What do you think you have to do to receive them? To a group of broken, returned exiles living in the ruin of a city, Isaiah says in verse 10, Build a freeway. Why build a freeway? Returning to the wedding analogy, there is a processional on its way. One commentator translates verse 5, For as a young man goes forth in a wedding procession to take up residence with his future bride, so shall your children come in a festive procession to dwell in you. And then as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride on their wedding night, so shall your God rejoice over you. The bridegroom with his entourage is coming for his bride. The prophet calls out in verse 10, Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people. Build, build the road, clear away the stones, raise up a signal for the peoples. Get rid of the stones that are standing in the way of receiving your new names. It may not look like there's a bridegroom coming. It looks like Jerusalem truly is an abandoned wasteland, but the prophet calls out a different reality. In verse 6 and 7, he says, Upon your walls, Jerusalem, I have appointed sentinels. Continually, all day and all night, they won't keep silent. You who call on the Lord, don't rest. Don't allow God to rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it the praise of the earth. The work of these sentinels, these watchers, is to remind the Lord of the promise until it becomes a reality. Don't give up on the vision until God brings it to pass, the prophet says. Keep announcing the arrival of a new and different reality. Clear away the stones. Build up the freeway on which the still-imagined reality is coming. You may not see your promised future, your new identity yet. The future may not be clear, but it's out of the strength of that promised future that we live. We remind God to make it so. The promise of a new name is not only for ancient Israel. In the last book of the Bible, John the Revelator takes it up again in Revelation 2, verse 17. If you can hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I will give those who emerge victorious some of the hidden manna to eat. I will also give to each of them a white stone with a new name written on it, which no one knows except the one who receives it. What old names, what old identities, what stones do you need to let go of from 2020? What do you want your new names to be? You don't have to wait till the future has arrived to receive those new names. Those names aren't about trying harder. Yes, you may need to throw out some stones, but you're not going to create a new reality on your own. These new identities, these new names are gifts from the bridegroom who delights in and rejoices over you. 
Maybe it seems like all is lost, like you're dead inside, like you don't believe in yourself or trust anyone anymore. You may have lost hope, but God has not lost hope in you. Prepare to be surprised. Before I married Mike, my cousin, Rochelle Webster, and I lived together for seven years. One time, Shelley bought some tomatoes at the farmer's market. The farmer wanted to sell her a tomato plant as well. She declined, and neither of us were great gardeners. But he insisted that this plant was indestructible. So she decided to give it a shot. She put the plant in a pot on our step where it could get watered by the sprinkler. Then she thought about it a couple weeks, or maybe it was a few months later, looked out, and it looked dead. So she gave it a burial out in our front garden and forgot about it. Six months later, around Christmas, my parents came to visit. They said, you've got lovely tomatoes growing in your garden. We were shocked. The following year's crop was unbelievable. Tomatoes everywhere you looked. We were giving tomatoes to our neighbors, trying to think of tomato recipes. We made lots of pasta sauce. We froze tomatoes. She had buried that plant because its life was over. And then, voila, tomatoes. It's a new year, friends. 2020 is over, 2021 is here. It's time to let go of the old names that linger and embrace new life. It's time to ring out the old and ring in the new. When you write 2021, each time you accidentally put 20 and have to replace it with 21, which I know I will be doing for a while, I want you to remember that God is the God of new names, new futures, new possibilities. God is the God who's rejoicing over you. Amen.